We're going to do Jubilee Vision, week one. And we're going to do week two in a couple of weeks, because I can't do it next week. So in two weeks' time, we're going to do the rest of it. You know, I absolutely loved recently that uh, whole thing that was in the press about Back to the Future. Did you see that? Uh, This date here, 21st of October 2015, and the Back to the Future car, they pressed forward and they saw all these amazing things. Now, the thing is, I was actually around the first time that movie came out. And I remember watching it in 2000, no, whatever year it was, 30 years ago, I watched it. And uh, I was so excited by this imaginary world. And I wondered at that time how much of that imaginary world we were actually going to see. I mean, (laughs) I loved all those ideas about flying cars. I mean, I'm so disappointed we still don't actually have the flying cars. There's a picture of the flying car from the film there. I just love that whole idea about a DeLorean flying like that. I'm just so disappointed we've never seen that. Uh, the hover skateboards, I, would have, I was into skateboarding big time at that time. The idea of a hover skateboard, absolutely incredible. How useful would it be to be able to hover across land and sea? There he is across the water. I love that. Alas, no hover skateboards yet. Self-lacing boots, they would be so useful. Uh, they've never been in Invented, although I saw on the press that uh, one shoe company had actually tried to invent some specially for the occasion. They were really ropey. I mean, they weren't nearly as cool as in the film. And then there was fax machines on the pavement. I mean, fax machines, for goodness sake. I mean, they are so out of date now, yeah? But that was the idea. Of course, some of the things in the film they got right... Um, There was the wearable technology. I haven't got a picture of that, I'm afraid, but the whole thing of Google Glasses, they had wearable technology in the film, people sitting at the table watching screens on their glasses. We've got Google Glasses. We've got video calling. I mean, when you watch the film, they think, that was impossible. We'd never have video calling at the time. And there it is in everybody's house, even on your phone, you can have video calling now. And then tablet computers... They actually had tablet computers in the, in the film. How about that? They didn't have mobile phones like we have now, but that, I thought that was quite interesting. Um, but alas, as I said, no flying cars. <clears throat> and today, we're not going to go back 30 years, but we're going to go back five years. And I want to take you back to five years ago when Jubilee Church started. And the reason I'm doing this is because we went away together as a leadership team uh, recently, just praying about the vision that God was giving us for the next five years. And as we were talking, I said, look, this is what I said back in five, five years ago. Look what God has done. And we were just in awe of all that God had done over the last five years, literally in awe of it. It was just incredible. And we said, look, we've got to share this with the church. We've got to encourage the church with this, that that which we set out for five years ago, an awful lot of it has already happened. So I just want to share that with you today. So five years ago, we started and I set out the vision for the church. And it was, it was a church that lived up to its name. That's what we've started with, Jubilee. 
which stands for freedom, healing and restoration, a vision that is essentially based in Isaiah 61, where it says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me, on every one of us, on us as a church, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, and so on. All this signaling the kind of church that we would grow to be. A community of people who did this. A community of people who see this. A community of people who express this. Or as we shorten it often, we talk about the church of changed lives. That's what our expectation is. That's what our reputation will be. We believe that. That's what God has put in our hearts. Now, the overall vision doesn't change. Nothing changed. That is still what we're going for. And it remains a compelling picture of who we're called to be and the shape that we will be and how we're going to do it. It's a big vision. It's, a, it's an impossible vision, actually, without God's help to see all these things happen. So I want to start with looking back at 2010 and reviewing a bit, literally to read over what we said at that time to encourage you and to see how much of the journey we've covered so far. And also to see some of the areas that we still need to push into. And then next time, as I said, we're going to build on what's already happened and begin to look forward to the next five years, 2020, and get to see some of what God is doing with us and through us. And it's funny, I was just thinking, I don't know if you know this, but I'm actually monocular. I only see out of my right eye. I don't see very much out of my left eye. And sometimes that's a real disadvantage. So sport and that kind of thing, never been able to do it. Nothing to do with my skills. It's just that I can't actually see properly. That's what I think anyway. So, so monocular, you see. But 2020 is binocular. And I just feel like there's some kind of prophetic significance in that, that God will enable us to see more clearly with both eyes what is coming and what he's leading us into. So I'm looking forward to sharing some of that with you next time. So first of all then, just to read this summary to you of what I said five years ago, then I'm going to make a few comments, and then I just want us to finish with giving thanks to God. And uh, everything that I say is going to come up on the screen so that we can literally go over and thank God for that as we come to an end. Now, as I, as I read this vision to you... <coughs> I'm actually quite excited. I'm getting a bit breathless up here. Sorry, I'm going to calm down a bit. I'm just very excited. As I read this vision to you, I want you to bear in mind that at the time I said this, what I said was absolutely impossible. It was actually laughable for where we were at. And so God has just done so much. And that's also to prepare you for what I'm going to say next time. It's absolutely impossible. It's even laughable, some of the things that God has put in our hearts for the next five years. So this is what I said. Are you ready? I said, I see a church of size. I see a big church, big enough to make a difference and for people to know that we're here. A church that cannot be ignored and kept in some safe little backwater But it's not just about numbers, but it's about the people it reaches. (coughs) I see a church with profile and influence, and this influence can be felt in the community because it's a church with a voice. It speaks up for what is right and just in that community, a prophetic voice that even influences policy and direction. Not automatically, though. 
It's a church that earns the right to speak up because of what it has done in the community, the help and service that it has given. It is our serving that will gain our authority. And I also see a church with a good reputation, with good character, genuine integrity, a place of openness. There are no hidden agendas, shady dealings or things being swept under the carpet. This is a church that values relationship and has a strong emphasis on right relationship. It's not always a comfortable place for people to be because there's a strenuous honesty about the place, or as we might say now, authenticity. I see a love for the presence of God, a love which pervades everything that we do and runs through all that we are. It's an inbuilt check behind every project and a quality guarantee. The question will be, was God there? Was he in it? It will be like a mantra of the church that everybody knows and expects as we strive to know that God is truly amongst us. It's a place where the teaching of Jesus is held in such high esteem that it affects every aspect of the way we do church. The standard will be high and it will be an honour to preach here. I see a church that is passionate, non-compromising and spirit-filled. Our worship will be characterised by words like awe, wonder, heavenly. Songs will be written, often spontaneously, as we seek to catch the wind of the Spirit blowing through us. And wasn't that just what happened this morning when Darren led us? A church that is accessible and up-to-date, it is naturally supernatural and supernaturally natural. Not weird, off-putting or exclusive, but one in which a whole range of people will feel comfortable. A contemporary church that is committed to relevance. All of this giving us a reputation which gives us influence beyond our community to the Midlands, even to the nations. A church network through new frontiers with others in Europe and around the world. The makeup of the church will be unusual, an unusual mix, because it's a church that speaks to all social classes and has a broad mix of people, young and old, families and single, a church that is truly multicultural, representative of the community it is in. And because of this, it will have a worship style all of its own, different rhythms, styles, languages and songs, not everybody's taste, but a wide range of flavours that will suit a wide range of tastes. And even the leadership I see taking on a multicultural flavour with leaders from different cultures and walks of life making their valuable contributions. And there will be leaders, both men and women, of excellent character. A church influencing the nations by raising international leaders and pioneers of the future. A church that strives to be a true representation of the makeup of heaven. And there'll be a load of stuff about the Great Commission. I see a church that takes the Great Commission very seriously. Matthew 28, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We'll do this by making disciples and teaching them. Firstly, by equipping people amongst us to live out their lives in the fullness of the gospel. A church that creates strong and confident Christians, those who know their position and calling in God. A place where people are well taught, not as academic theorists, although we will have and grow some excellent theologians, but teaching that has an emphasis on living the Christian life with lots of practical application. 
And I see a church which releases people into their prophetic destinies that will be a people that recognizes and affirms gifting in others, not held back because of competitiveness or jealousy. No, these things will be called out of people. We'll have apostles and prophets, pastors, teachers and evangelists being raised up amongst us and also being sent from us. As I look around this church of the future, I see the full range of gifting. My expectation is that we are to be a people that have both clarity about their calling and the opportunity to fulfill it. Not just here, but through the network of churches we are part of and beyond. Many opportunities. And because of this, we will be a church which inevitably gathers many who are called to be leaders. They'll be drawn to us, not just church leaders, but many in the workplace and the secular world too. There will be people of character and influence. And I see a church that is continually resourcing people, commissioning them and sending them an emphasis on personal growth. This is a church with an apostolic vision, one which plants and works in partnership with others to plant churches locally, nationally and ultimately internationally. And for this church, it's not going to be just about evangelistic programs. It's about an evangelistic people. A people who are naturally evangelistic because their passion for Jesus and the church will spill out so that they will open their hearts and homes to touch the lives of others. I see a dynamic and passionate group of people who will need no pressure or persuasion to do this. They just simply won't be able to stop themselves. But also to fulfill the Great Commission, I see us making disciples and teaching and equipping people even in our community. I see a church that's committed to serving and equipping. A church that disciples people so well that even unbelievers seek out our wisdom and advice. Because of this, the church has a message that is characterized by grace. A place where people come to us in desperation but not in fear of judgment or condemnation. A place where both unbelievers and believers feel comfortable. (coughs) So what does it feel like? What is it like to be there? What is the feel of this church? Well, it's like a family. It feels like a family. A really good family. One with good relationships and lifelong friendships. A church of royalty. Filled with princes and princesses. Those who know their position in God and are confident about this. A church that is friendly but also a church that is warm and welcoming, where people really care about each other, where people feel needed and loved, a place which allows people to find their place, a church of great relationships and strong relationships, ones that last for decades, marriages that last until death do us part, healthy, vibrant families that love God and love one another. I see healing and freedom there. It's a place of healing and freedom. There'll be many testimonies, whole services of stories about people's lives being radically changed. Some will be prodigals that return, family members and friends that have fallen by the wayside, but also the lost will be found. What do I see? I see no ordinary church. The church I see is no ordinary church, but as we partner with God, we will see an astonishing and remarkable church. A church that knows how to pray, how to intercede, a place that is exciting to be part of, an atmosphere which is one of expectation, a place of vibrant worship and life, a place that is saturated with the presence of God to such an extent that oftentimes the priests are overwhelmed. 
In short, I see a church that is so dependent on Jesus that nothing will stop us nor stand against us. A people so loving one another, unified, praying together, and full of God's spirit, that at times it will seem like it is heaven on earth. So that's what I said in 2010. Now, obviously, it would be interesting, and I'm happy to send around the summary for you to look at in more detail, but an awful lot of this has happened. A lot of this has been put in. Uh, Especially the look and feel of the church, I think. Even at the beginning, words like passion, authenticity, family and honour which are words we've now adopted as our cultural values, were very much there in seed form five years ago. And of course, courage was there too, believe me. In standing up and saying that, it took courage. And also the apostolic base, the sending and commissioning of people is becoming more apparent now, especially last year when Angela came and spoke these words over us. I think there's been a marked change actually in us uh, as a church and the opportunities that are beginning to open up for us nationally and internationally and the connections that are beginning to form there. And the emphasis on equipping believers, people finding their place, identity, did you pick that up? It's very much in the heart of the church here and the many leaders, um, as somebody who joined the church uh, has been coming along for about a year now, And they said to us, one of the bits of feedback they gave us is, are the whole of your church leaders or what? Because it seems like everybody can bring a contribution that's of a really high standard. Amazing. Many leaders, people of character and influence. And I just want to say I'm very proud of the church here. I'm very proud of what God's doing amongst us and proud of the people that are here with us. We've got a wonderful church, haven't we? But there are some things as well that we haven't seen and are only just seeing the beginning of, perhaps. And I think there's an awful lot more to come. So you could say that's oh, so much that hasn't happened yet. Actually, it's just encouraged me with so much of what God has already done. It's given me hope for the other things that we haven't quite yet seen yet. There's a lot more to come. And there are some things that we're going to need to carry through into the next five years. So, for example, we've not seen the growth that I expected. It's taken longer to plant a church and start a church and grow a church than I thought it would. But my heart was to see rapid growth and expansion. Well, we have grown, actually. We've more than doubled our numbers from where we were. But there's a lot more to come, I think. And we haven't seen the diversity that God has for us yet, although we've always had people amongst us from other nations Uh, but just not the number of people that I believe that God has for us ultimately. That being said, and at a time when you could look around and feel a bit sort of discouraged about that, there's been many prophetic words that have come to us. So we had Julian last year, we had Ginny as well come shortly after, both saying the same kinds of things about rapid growth coming. And then Angela constantly speaking as she comes about um, seeing variety and, and, and diversity amongst us, speaking that into us and encouraging us to keep believing God for that. So I want to share a bit more about that next time because there's been a few other things that God's been saying to us from different places about diversity in particular, which has helped us to believe for more. 
And also, and perhaps somewhat linked to growth, I don't think we've seen the impact on the community to the extent that I feel we're destined to have. Uh, although we're making a great start, we have made a great start. I mean, I could t- if I got Alison up here, she'd tell you about toddlers and the amazing things that they're seeing there. There is so much going on there, an incredible uh, growth, and the, the build-up year on year of relationships and contacts. So just this last year, for example, as the children get to a certain age, they have to move on because they actually have to go to school. Well, a lot of the mums militantly said, we refuse to go, we want to still keep seeing you. So they've set up another coffee morning uh, for those ladies to keep meeting with the team because they just don't want to leave and don't want to be separated from those relationships, which is just wonderful, isn't it? Isn't that just amazing? Uh, There's just real progress in some some of those relationships. And uh, and also just to say that this year, one of those mums who's refused to go is actually now part of the team serving at toddlers. (laughs) So it's just absolutely incredible. It's really wonderful. And I believe that there's more to come from that. And there are all kinds of plans for building out from this fantastic work, again, which I'll share with you next time. And I think uh, also the acquisition of a building is and will help us. You know, acquiring the church office has helped us. It's given us ground in Solihull. I don't know why that has such a spiritual significance, claiming ground, having ground, ownership. I don't know why it does, but it does. And it's already connected us with the community in a different way and brought us to the attention of the local authority. And... Um, even going for a building just up the road here, having to liaise with the local authority on planning and that kind of thing, suddenly think, well, who is this church? What are they doing? And there's the beginning of some opportunities for us quite imminently. And there are other things going on as well. Just after the election, I wrote to Julian Knight, who's our new Conservative MP in Solihull, to welcome him and just ask him if we could find some time to meet up and talk about Sully Hole. That hasn't happened yet, uh, but uh, I have had a letter from him this week. Uh, others have too, I'm sure, but um, he's asked for views on Sunday trading. Well, it's a start, isn't it? We can start to talk, and it's a way of getting in to talk to him. And we've not seen lives changed, heal, healings, miracles, and so on, to the extent that I feel that God has for us. Now, don't get me wrong, we have seen all of these things, um, and I could get testimony after testimony, and there have been testimonies here, um, and people who've been baptized and haven't stayed and they've moved on and gone to different places, but we've seen radical life change amongst us, but not the extent of what I believe God has for us to be a jubilee church reaching out to the lost and the broken. And we really do want to see the lost found. And I really believe that that is a big part of what we're moving into in the next five years. Um, I really believe that. But overall, I just think there's just so much to be encouraged about. I hope you agree uh, with what I've read to you. There's so much more to go for and to build on uh, for the future, as I hope to show you next time. And I think there's a lot to be thankful for. So I just wanted to read that, simply read that to you, share it with you bring you in on the conversation we had in the leadership team, which we were just so excited to see this. And then I just want us to give thanks to God for what he's done. Um, One of the things I've been learning, and partly helped by the inspiration of Bill Johnson and his crew, 
One of the things they say is the importance of thanking God for what he's already done and not just seeing the things that haven't happened yet. And I think there's something very important about just pausing and thanking God. Remembrance Sunday, if you like. Remembering what God has already done and thanking him for that. So in a moment, my beautiful assistant here is going to put that list up. There you go. It's going to just keep magically, just keep playing so that it gives us some food for thought as we pray, as we thank God together. But before I do, and also to whet your appetite for next time, I want to ask Simon to come up and read something to you uh, on behalf of the leadership team. <clears throat> a few months ago, I asked each member of the team to go away and pray about what they could see for Jubilee in the future. And the task was, the homework was, imagine Jubilee was a city that you'd already visited and that you came back to tell us all about it and what it was like. Tell us about it, and this is what they wrote. So it's a city with three aspects. Firstly, a city built on a river. It's a city built on a river with lots of water flowing swiftly through it. We place the presence of God at the heart of everything we do, and we're thirsty for the Holy Spirit. It is a cosmopolitan city. There are people from many nations mixing and mingling together. The city is prominent in the nation. It is known and recognized by many. This is a place of heavy industry. Some serious work goes on here. However, it is also a place of creativity. There are theaters and cultural activities, places of, for freedom of expression in the arts. The city is busy, yet there are parks, places of peace and beauty and rest. The rich live side by side with the poor, and the needs of the poor are met. There are no people sleeping rough in this city. Secondly, it's a strategic city. This is a city with a strategic location, central in the nation. At the edge of Birmingham, it has good connections direct to London, good access to the south and the north. It also has an airport making it strategically strategic internationally. There is an incredible sense of freedom about this city. The joy of God is in the people. It's a releasing place to be with space to explore, to play, to run, to sit, to meet, to chat and to ponder. A city which is like a family, a place of genuine welcome and a place of belonging for everyone. Family life is one of strong relationships, long-term marriages, stable homes for children. A colour-filled city with splashes of colour all around. There is vibrancy, interesting designs, uh, artwork, creativity everywhere. And there is light, light everywhere. There is a lot going on in this city. It is busy with lots of action. There is building work going on. It's a city at work with many different projects happening, but no exploitation. The space people benefit from is not encroached upon, and there is peace. There is work, but there is also leisure. Cafes, restaurants, parks, for people to meet, to eat and relax. There is a hospital which is a well of healing and wholeness, not just physical either, but emotional, mental, relational healing. In the city, I see schools full of stimulated children taught the truth, prepared for life. 
a city of culture with expressions of music, art, drama, film. It is diverse with the full range of people, ages, genders, races, social standing. A city with impact. Its community is shaped in such a way that other cities, nations, want what we've got. And we're able to go, and we do go, to help with building projects, development plans, foundation laying in other places. This city has a flexible blueprint based on principles that work in different contexts. It's a resource base, an apostolic centre. And thirdly, it's a cultural city. This is also a city that speaks into culture. When I initially thought of it, I thought of it in the context of business, bringing ethical employment and services and integrity. This would in turn release finance for the kingdom. My thoughts developed beyond that to politics, where we'd again have an authority, a voice of integrity to speak into the leadership of the nation, again coming out of our growing culture and identity. It's no mistake that we've done the teaching on imagination before we've talked about vision. I want you to go wild with your imagination about what God could possibly do. Think how big and how powerful and amazing God is. Anything is possible. And maybe you'd like to do a similar exercise to these guys uh, over the next two weeks before we do the next talk and just say, okay, God, if this was a city, what it would look like? What would the church that I'd be part of be like? And uh, just encourage yourselves with the greatness of God in that vision. So what I suggest then is that you just get into groups of three, maybe two or three. Uh, you can sort yourselves out. You know, I don't need to tell you what to do. But just get into smaller groups and just look at the list and just take some time to just thank God for all those things and also pray into them and say, God, please keep these things strong or, or make them stronger or, or areas that we're perhaps not quite at yet. Just pray into them. And I don't know, I'm going to give you five or ten minutes and then I'll just call you back together and we'll uh, close the meeting. Yeah, so Jesus, we just honour you, we worship you, we thank you for all that you've done here Lord Jesus, and Lord, we've said it so many times, Lord, but we're so grateful that you build your church. Lord, that jubilee isn't, wasn't our idea. It wasn't our good idea, but Lord Jesus, it was birthed in your heart. It was your idea, Lord Jesus, that you've been at work building your church in this place. Lord, building us together as living stones. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, we thank you that you're our cornerstone. Lord, without you, it would all fall down. Lord, and we do ask, Lord, that as we go from here, Lord, that you would be at the centre of everything we do. Lord Jesus, you would be the reason for everything we do. Lord Jesus, that you'd be the power. Lord, your spirit would be the power for everything that we do, Lord. And that you would continue to build it, Lord, and we never have any delusions of grandeur, grandeur thinking that this is our work. But Lord, at every turn, Holy Spirit, we would hear you, we would follow you. Follow your direction in Jesus' name. Lord, bless us, we pray. Lord, um, Lord, strengthen the, 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 the bonds of love between us. Uh, we strengthen the unity in this place, Lord, because we know where, where there's unity. Lord, it, ble- it pleases your heart and you pour out blessing. You pour out that Holy Spirit. 
Lord, and um, just that picture of, of the oil running down Aaron's head, running down his beard, onto his clothes. Lord, messy. But what a blessing, Lord, we want that anointing, that anointing that comes from that unity. Lord, if it's messy, Lord, we say we want it. Whatever you want to do, Lord, we, 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 we say we, we want it, Lord. We don't want to just work to our own plans and work to our own design. But Lord, we want to see, Lord, what you will do amongst us. Continue, Lord, to give us, um, influence in the community, Lord, around us, opportunities to serve the community, opportunities to serve the, the, the poor and the needy, Lord, um, opportunities, um, Lord, to engage with, um, parents and, Lord, every, and, and, um, those who are older, Lord, those who are isolated, lonely, Lord, bring them in, Lord, to this family. Lord, you've promised that you would bring, um, the widows and the orphans, Lord, into your family. Lord, that you would raise up those who are sitting, who are seated in ashes, Lord, and bring them into your family. Lord, and place them in, in a family, Lord. We, we want to be that family, Lord, for those around. Lord, please, Lord, we want to see people come to know you. We want to see people who don't know you, to come to know you, to meet with you, to see you for who you really are. Lord, those who are seeking you and Lord, those who aren't. Lord, Lord, those who think they hate you or, or don't believe that you exist. Lord, bring them here, Lord, to meet with you, reveal yourself to them, join them, join them into your family here. Lord, join them into that great crowd, Lord, who are going to be worshipping you forever and ever. Lord, in heaven, Lord, uh, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.